Life can be tough. We're busy. We time. I'm overwhelmed. We're binging. I don't have time. I'm overwhelmed. We're bruised. I, I need it. I don't have time. I'm overwhelmed. I can't help it. I We're bothered. Yeah. What's next? We've got baggage. I can't I don't have time. We're bewildered. I can't forget. What now? What's next? What's next? The new normal. The new normal. The new normal. I just, uh, I just see some of this stuff and I think, wow, it's really happening in our country and in our nation that the things that used to be kind of, that will never happen, now it's just normal. Normal behavior, normal to talk about. And so that can be good or it can be bad, but that's the series that we were in last week. We talked about being busy and how not to let that wreck our lives with busyness. This week, man, this is quite an assignment. We're talking about binging. Binging. I'm not sure I ever thought I would be teaching on binging, but, but I am. And I found it pretty incredible, actually, as I've studied through this. And what the Bible has to say about this. Now, by definition, I think I put this on the back of your program. It just simply says this. Binging is a short period devoted to indulging in an activity to excess. Especially drinking alcohol or eating. Now, that's kind of the definition from before the year 2000. The, this, in my studies, it was a real difference. About the year 2000, people started using this word differently. Before, it could even be a clinical word with eating disorders, alcoholism, alcohol abuse. But, but now it's not necessarily that way. We've become a little more friendly uh, with that word, and you'll hear people say things like this. I've even said this. I am so tired, I'm going to go home and I'm going to binge on Netflix. Anybody ever say that? Yeah, I've said that. My wife has said it. And I don't believe that's a sin in saying that. So not all binging is sinful. Substance abuse obviously is. But I want to talk about the fine lines between how do we monitor ourselves trusting God not to become a binger, on anything, which will open up this topic a lot, and yet living with self-control in my life, and yet having fun, having rest. What is it that I need to keep doing what I'm doing? We all need those breaks in our lives. And so there's a tension here. Philippians chapter 4, verse 12, Paul is trying to get this across to the people in Philippi by saying, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. In other words, I've, man, I've had it all. I've had nothing. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty stomach, with plenty or little. And then that famous verse, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Amen to that? Amen. We believe that. This verse is used all the time for just about everything, and rightly so. It's a very, very good verse. The problem... We're going to be very real today. The problem is that I do not always do everything through Christ, and therefore I do not have his strength. How's that for real? If you do everything through Christ's strength, I want to meet you personally. I'm trying, 
But sometimes life gets away from me and, and it's tricky. Now, I just do want to say we live in a fallen world. A lot of people don't understand this. We do not have the traits of heaven here. This is not the end of all time where God reigns. When Lucifer fell from heaven and man sinned in the garden, death, evil, hate, greed, lust, all that stuff came to us and now is, is held here in this space that we are in. It's all around us. So if I recognize that, then I have to know that I am, I'm facing something opposite of what I want to be. This life here on this earth is going to be challenging. Number one in your outline, the meaning of binging has been expanded. It's been expanded to not just um, alcohol or eating disorders, though they are still two of the biggest ones. And I want to say, if you have either one of those, we are delighted you are here. Please let God help you today. Let's get a hold of some of these things. God is a God who can deliver. And matter of fact, just, just so, so that we can see, how many of you have overcome some kind of a, an addiction in your life? You've overcome that. Just wave your hand real hot. See that? That is so encouraging. Thank you. It's possible. That gives everyone hope, okay? The meaning has changed. The culture that we live in now has so many more things to binge on. Um, we've started using the term almost fondly. Um, the binge that gets many people now isn't necessarily a substance type of an abuse, but it, it needs an escape. When someone binges, it's to escape something. That's a very important word today. It implies that you have been held captive. Some of you go to your job, you come home, and you just need an escape from what you have been in all day long. You really do. That's a real thing, by the way. So, so you need to know that's part of your psychological makeup. I need something. It's just what are you going to do with that? When I think of entertainment, I think of like movies. How many of you like a good movie? It just pulls you away. I love watching a good movie. Sports, I know, I know some guys that they binge on sports. They watch sports for five hours in the night. They can name every player on multiple teams. And, and it's like, why don't you just learn that much about the Bible? You'll be pretty good. You'll be pretty good. Sports can be a binge. Um, working out. Some people just get ravenous in their workout two times a day. I wish that was my addiction so bad. <laughs> Video games. I never realized. I mean, I really didn't. But this gaming thing, it's a serious problem. People are losing their jobs over it. People are, are losing their families over it. There are games now. I don't, I'm not talking about Nintendo. I mean, I'm talking about live games with these big monitors with headsets and these people have weekend tournaments that go days and they're playing with, with live players all over the world through the internet and there's money involved. There, there's all kinds of things that happen in gaming. I, I didn't know all this, but that can be a true addiction for people and they, they forget everything else going on in their life because they've got to get to that game. Facebook, have you ever just gone to check your Facebook page and an hour later, you know, it can Instagram, it, it, can, it, can, it can just eat you up into such a way that it's not what you intended, but it would be considered a binge because you've spent so much time and energy on it. Think of all the money and time that goes into the following things. Hollywood, 
filmmaking, Disney, cruising, travel, camping, hiking, fishing. See, I like every one of these things. But these things taken out of its right place can become things that destroy me because I give all myself to them instead of the responsibilities that I actually have. You following me? It's important. So it kind of comes down to, does God care about our time? Some of you are shaking your head yes. I think he does. There's a lot of scripture about time. And we can abuse our time, which can be binge in the new sense of the word. Even God rested. So I'm not talking about, you know, the busyness I was talking about last week. The seventh day, God said, I'm done for a while. Let's take a nap. So I'm for that. So what's the balance in that tension? Number two, does the Bible actually talk about binging? And what does it say? I, uh, there's, there's a couple newer modern translations that might use the word, but classical Bible, the, the word wasn't even around. And so I don't see it in there. But, but I, I see many scriptures that deal with time. Let me just share a few with you, and you can write some references down. I will not read all of these, but 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a price, meaning his son. So you must honor God with your body. So binging and any, anything that takes time and energy away from you can be taking time away from how God tr truly made you. Psalm 90, verse 12, teach us to number each of our day days so that we may grow in wisdom. I want to skip down to Ephesians 5, 15. Listen to this verse. So be very careful how you live. Do not live like those who are not wise, but live wisely. Use every chance you have for doing good, because these are evil times. So do not be foolish, but learn what the Lord wants you to do. Wow, man, I read verses like this and if you're not careful, you can say, well, does that mean 24-7 I'm on? Does it mean that I've got to just be full on all the time? Or is there even time for me to rest? Ephesians 5.11, don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. Expose these things for the sham that they are. Well, as you can see, the Bible talks a lot about time management. So number three. This gets us to the heart of, of what I really want to talk about. And it's a, it's a pretty deep place in our spirit, man. And that's where do the cravings come from? Why do I have these cravings knowing I don't want to do this? I shouldn't have this craving. I, I even feel guilty that I am thinking that I want this. So let's talk about that. In Ephesians 6, Paul sets it up for us to realize the demonstration of power in the earth, in the sphere of the earth. And it goes like this, a final word, be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Very important, strategies, thought through processes. 
For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. It's not people. It's not mankind. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Once sin came to this earth, a new dominion was placed here. This explains why evil happens in the world, if you don't understand. Some people say, why does evil happen in the world? If God was loving, no evil would happen. Well, Christianity actually explains why evil happens in the world. It happens in the world because God has not had his final say yet, and evil abounds on this earth. So as a believer, we must be very careful to recognize the posture we take, the fight we are in, to understand this tension is going to exist. We will be tempted in this life. You will have cravings that are not godly. You will be in a battle every day for control over your body and your mind. This world offers us way too many ways that causes us, keyword, to desire. To desire. Where does desire come from? Could we talk about that a minute? Um, I can honestly tell you that I, I never liked ice cream, even cookies and cream, which. <laughs> but I, I mean this. I never liked ice cream until I tasted it. <laughs> right? Is that true? It's true, and I'm not actually even trying to be funny. It's true. I didn't know what it tastes like, and I did not crave it because I had never experienced it. You do not get hooked on drugs or pornography or alcohol unless you try them. There's a start point for all of these things. You really only desire the things that you have either tried or you have imagined. That's why all the power is in your mind. Now, now please stay with me on this. This is why we need healthy ways to escape the stress when it comes upon us. Because these are real things. Exposure is everything. This is why parents put restraints on their kids emotionally. It's why they block certain TV shows. It's why they might even choose a private school. Uh, all of our kids were in public school and we loved it. But many parents say, no, I don't want exposure to happen to my kids at a young age. That's why there are internet restrictions at our house. Why? Because there's some bad stuff out there we don't want our kids to be exposed to. That's why I had a curfew growing up. Anybody? Young people, I'm with you here. Come on, hang in here with me. I had a curfew. My mom used to say, Derry, just look at me. I would look at my mom and she would say, not very much good happens after 11 p.m. Am I right? And I would say, yeah. 
And if I went along with that and we had a special party or something we were at, then, man, she would move it to midnight, and that felt really good. Curfews protected me. Certain social groups, parents say, no, you're not hanging out with that group. But why? Because I can see where they're headed. Another thing my mom used to say is you're going to be just like the people you run with. Pay attention to who you run with. And so I really, I really had to think about that, and, and I think she was right. Let me, let me give you an example of, of what happens in our lives. We've been experimenting this weekend, okay? These are magnets. Now, I'm going to, you can barely see them. They, they do a good job with the camera. There we go. Now, this is, this is your, this is your vice. This is the thing that you really don't like in your life. This is what you binge on. This is you. You're a pretty nice person. You love God. You're trying hard. Now, there's no way you can absolutely never deal with this. It's just that you have to keep a resistance from it. So that when you bump into it, now watch what happens. It won't touch you. It's pretty cool, huh? It won't touch you. And as a matter of fact, you can, you can bully that thing around as long as you're doing it right. You can try. It can try to get a grip on you, but I'm going to set this on there, and it will automatically fall off. I'm not pushing it off. Why? Because there's a resistance against that. And it will not let it stick. Now what happens is when I turn toward that addiction and I start thinking about it, and this is really good, all I have to do is just get around the area. Matter of fact, I can probably move that. It's, it's trying to get me. It got me. Saturday night, it really got me. I've learned how to hold this now. Yeah, I'll show you my blister. <laughs> These are really strong magnets. They're like 90 pounds. And, and binging is a very strong thing that comes into your psyche, and you need it. And so when you hover around it, you play with it, it's going to come and find you eventually somewhere. But if you can learn with all of your heart to not let that stick, to go away from that thing, don't let it push you around. You need to put a resistance. If I face that and I go toward it, it's going to grab me every time. You do not have the strength to not let it grab you. Your, your psychological need is greater than your mental strength to overcome it. And you will fail every time. And that's what happens to people. That's when addictions start. Now, let me go to number four. How can I identify the deeper issues? How can I identify the deeper issues that create all this stuff? So first of all, I, I, I mean, I've really enjoyed, I've done a ton of research on this. I'm not a psychologist, um, and I'm, I'm not trained in addiction, but I, I really think some of these principles can help all of us in all of our journeys, because I promise you, every one of you, every one of you, every person in the sound of my voice has something in their psychological makeup that you run to when you need to escape, whether it's sin or not. Now, I like to hike. You know, it used to be, and still sometimes, if I can get on my motorcycle and go somewhere and just clear my mind, and there's no evil in that. Unless I did it, you know, 40 days in a row and didn't show up at work, then that's not so smart. You with me? So 
How can I identify the deeper issues? Well, start with identify what you do to escape. So just take a little poll in your mind. What do I do? What's my thing? How do I, do I watch TV? Do I come home, get my pajamas on and just go to Netflix or whatever and just binge out and make some popcorn and hopefully I'll wake up in the morning before it's time to go to work? What do I do? Maybe it's out in your garage. Maybe it is sports. Maybe, I don't know. You need to answer that though. You need to have an answer for that. And start by being very honest with yourself. Is this a problem? Am I using this as an escape too much that it's become life-controlling for me? I'm looking forward to get home, getting home, and I'm going to get in there and I'm going to do this. Regardless of the tasks, the duties, the household, the relationships, I'm a golfer. I grew up a golfer, but I'm telling you, I didn't golf on weekends when our kids were not in school. I paid attention. It's a long game. And when we had kids to raise, Bonnie and I both talked about this. I'm not going to give all of my best time to a golf course when my kids are sitting at home. That can be a binge. And I meet people who, who have sports and do things in their life, but they're not thinking about proper use of time. I, I met with a guy, this was a couple decades ago. Um, he, he had a problem. He, he came in to talk with me and he said, I have a real problem. And my, 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 he said, my wife thinks that I drink too much. And I said, and then he said, my ex-wife. And I said, is that why you ended up divorced? And he said, in her opinion, yes. And I said, well, can I ask what your pattern was? How much did you drink? And he said, 12 beers. I said, like, in a week? or in a, He said, no, at night, 12 beers. I, I said, 12 beers in one night? <laughs> yes. 12 beers every night for at least the last 15 years. It's all I've known. It's all I do. I've never had a night that I didn't have 12 beers in 15 years. Wow. I said, well, how about this? How about we start with just just having one night where you don't drink a beer? No, can't do that. Well, he said, I just can't. I just know I can't. I'm going to go to my apartment. I'm going to have 12 beers, and I'm going to drink them. I said, well, how about this? How about you come over to my house? We'll turn on a game, and we'll hang out for a while, and you won't have any. You'll be with me. We won't have any beer. He said, nope, can't do that because I have 12 beers every night, half for 15 years. It was like he had no clue what he sounded like. It was just his pattern. It's what he did, and he didn't think it was a problem. He said, I sleep really good. I get up, and I go to work, and I start it all over tomorrow. Now, when you can't identify where the problems are and it's that fuzzy for you and you won't let anyone else speak into your life, then you're done. You're not going to get help and you're probably going to die in that addiction. That's, just, that's the cold-hearted way to say it, okay? But there is a way out. And it starts with some of these principles. Ask someone you love and trust to tell you if anything of your escape mechanisms are being abused in your life. I have two or three people in my life that know what my escape is, and they sometimes say, you've done that a lot lately. (laughs) I'm like, I know. I'm done for a while. Because I love the mountains. I love getting out of town. I love, But I can't live that way all the time. So I want you, I want you to be able to have that. Let me just quickly give you four things. These are steps... Steps to consider. Number one is self-discovery and seeking support. 
some people can do enough self-discovery that they're honest enough with themselves and they get support from friends and family and they can actually start making steps toward recovery in their life. If they have honest people around them, if they'll take away the binging tools, they'll address it head, uh, head on, then that can win. The second thing is seeking outside help from a professional. Some people do not have the ability or they don't have the network around them to actually do this. But when you talk to a professional, they will quickly, and we have many great professionals right here in our church and in our community, and we want to help you, but we can't help you unless you recognize there's a need and a problem. And in a sense, you're going to have to get naked emotionally to this counselor, this person, and tell them the truth. Don't just say it a little bit. It's a waste of your dollars and time when you don't go in there and say, this is my problem, and it's big, and it's life-controlling, and I need help. If you do that, you're going to get help right away. The third thing is breaking the pattern. Breaking the pattern. I've got to do something to break out of this way I have been thinking. And Romans 12 gives us kind of a pattern to look at. So, my dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Because of all he has done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors of, and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? Think. By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Real transformation is a God thing with assistance from others who love you. The last one is relying on the Spirit of God. This doesn't mean you don't need man's help, but it means it starts with the Spirit. I, I, I don't know how people can just stop something cold turkey without God helping them. And we're going, to have, we're going to have a little time here, Matt, thank you, where we're going to pray over you. Here's what we're going to do. First of all, I want to get the stigma out of the room that all binging is, is sinful in the sense of, you know, abuse or whatever. Because I'm going to ask you to stand in a minute if you have an issue that takes too much of your time or your life or you, you escape too much and do whatever it is you do. Could be sin, but it might not be. I'm going to stand with you. Matter of fact, I'm going to sit down now so that I can stand. I did this last night because God, in building this message, showed something to me that I need to stand for. And here's what I want. I want you to imagine that this is you sitting on that chair. And I'm telling you, it's really hard to get this off. I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's 90, 93 pounds worth of <laughs> pressure. I used to be stronger than I am now. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's got you. And when you stand up, you're going to separate yourself from this. That's the symbolism here. Okay? That's how I want you to view it. So I want... Emily, why don't you sing this song? And at any point while they're singing, 
If you would say, God, I need your help. I don't like being stuck to this magnet. I don't like these aspects of my life. You, you may love God and it's not some deep sin. Don't do that. The other group I want to stand with you are those of you that that person you know of who should be here isn't here, but you're in the middle of helping them overcome the binging in their life. I want you to stand in their behalf and call out their name because you matter. And God might give you wisdom and insight in how to help them. So go ahead and sing it, Emily. Stand whenever you want to, and then I'll pray, and you'll be seated again. Heavenly Father, we have stood to our feet recognizing our need for the strength. Thank you for the recognition of the Spirit in our lives, that that is real, that you are calling us forward from this place. For those of you standing in behalf of a friend, would you just say their name right now? We pray for loved ones. We pray for those who are not currently here, but we need you to go to them in your spirit, to talk to them, to love them, to encourage them. Lord, don't let one person feel shame today. Let them feel an energy that comes from God that invites them to a new beginning that invites them away from the magnets that draw them in and suck life out of them. I pray that we would learn to turn from that and to go the other direction, that we might not be held captive another moment. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for my family, my brothers and sisters in this room, right now in our living room, we give it to you. In the mighty name of your son, Jesus, amen.